What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Thursday edition of the Yanks Go Yard podcast, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a Thursday afternoon. I'm Adam Weiner, alongside Thomas Carinante. It's time for the season to restart tomorrow. Kind of a bummer. Kind of thought we might get away with not playing any more games this year. I was like, oh man, no more games. That's great. But no, there are more. There's like 80 of them. We got to talk about them and we will. The Yankees are in Colorado with an all new hitting coach to begin the second half. Of the season, Sean Casey at his intro press conference yesterday. Kind of liked it. Maybe I'm a sucker. Maybe you are too. I don't know. What more can you uh, ask of a random midseason adjustment than someone with enthusiasm? Uh, we'll talk about the players who have the most to prove over the next couple weeks as the Yankees try to navigate this year's deadline. We're already getting comments, assuming Judge will not return in 2023 on the YouTube channel. That sucks. Uh, I don't think we have any intel to say that yet uh, definitively at this point. I'm in fact going to assume he does come back, but in like a month. So uh, that's where I'm at. Uh, but we've got people thinking he's going to come back sooner. People who are connected to the front office and the Yankees management team. Although those people... Aaron Boone's brother claim they're not getting their information from Aaron Boone. So can you really trust it? No, I don't think you can. And uh, we reserve 35 minutes at the end of the podcast to whine and cry about the Yankees getting a Jersey sponsorship patch. Uh, just kidding. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't care, but we will talk about it. Uh, make sure to find us on Apple podcast, Google podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, drop us a five-star review along with a mailbag question. We'd absolutely love to see that from you gotten some great ones in the past. Some good five stars and our friend who likes to update his one star review every couple of months updated it again last week. Yes. A sarcastic statement I made. So if our friend uh, would like to update his review again and prove that he understands the nuance of sarcasm, I would greatly appreciate it because right now kind of worried, kind of worried. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the podcast. The Yankees schedule for 2024 just dropped too. So plenty of time to get your bets out. If you want to put money down on the Yankees at Houston opening series next year, literally drink poison. That's insane. (laughs) How dumb. Why, why do they release the schedule like this? It's so stupid. Nobody cares. We have I, was, half a year I was on left. pins and needles. I was on pins and needles waiting for the 2024 schedule today. Because what yeah. I wanted to think about um, was, uh, you know, that team that you, you're getting really sick of that's got another 78 games to play? <laughs> well, they have a full 162-game slate next year. So why don't you look at where they're going, you idiots? But, yeah, if you're looking at early lines on the Yankees-Astros series to kick off 2024 when the Yankees roster is probably decimated at this point, um, don't you worry. Because we have an awesome sports betting promo for new Bet365 users. Yes. Visit Bet365.com or download the app. All you have to do if you're a first-time user or if you want to use your wife's brother's sister, mom, or dad's name to create a second account, all you have yeah. to do is deposit $10 and place a $1 wager on any sport. You will instantly receive $200 into your account in bonus bets. Whether you win or lose, all you have to do at sign up is use the code YGYBetting. By using that code, again, YGY betting, you will not only receive that $200 in bonus bet, but you will directly be supporting the podcast. Um, more one-star reviews. You'll be able to write more of those as long as you use this code upon sign up at Bet365. So if you haven't signed up there, join with the code again, YGY betting, and place that first bet. This offer is available for new customers only who are 21 and older and physically present in most legal gambling states. So be sure to check that. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode description for full terms of the offer. Um, what are we betting on for this second half? That's it's my- going to be such a bummer when the one-star review guy chimes in and he's like, 
hey, I got my $250 in bonus bets. I spun it into $7 million and I bought your company. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, bought, I bought the Damn podcast it. and I'm shutting it down. Yeah, can you buy this podcast on bonus bets alone? I don't actually know how those work, but I hope not. Uh, yeah, we got some forecasting to do for the second half. So we'll start just by talking about who is under the most pressure ahead of the trade deadline? Got about three weeks left. It's August 1st this year. I know last year it was August 2nd. Um, and last season, the Yankees were in a, a much more favorable position than they are now at the trade deadline. Although, again, we don't technically know where they're going to be in three weeks. They could no go way. on a 15-game winning streak. Probably aren't going to do that. But this year, they're currently a game out of the playoff picture, seven games over 500. Last year, they were trying to stave off some struggles. They beat the Red Sox up twice right before the break, but they were about three weeks deep in semi-slump mode after starting the season crazy hot. Either way, they were an obvious buyer last year, but that didn't stop them from trading Jordan Montgomery off the active roster and trying to trade Glaber Torres. So proof in the pudding that even if the Yankees are in a better position than they're in now, they could easily hybrid it at this year's deadline. There are plenty of needs, probably too many to get filled in one trade deadline. So their best hope is either doing something insane, like trading for Juan Soto or Shohei Otani, which some fans, it went from zero to that's happening in like 36 hours. Classic. Derek, Derek Jeter said he thought the Yankees should trade for Juan Soto. I also think the Yankees should do that. I don't think they will. <laughs> And then Buster Olney today said the Yankees are, are going to go the hardest after an Otani trade if he's made available at this year's deadline. The crucial fact being, I don't think he's going to be made available at this year's deadline, but apparently the Yankees are in on that. So um, first of all, before we get into the players and the predictions and, and which people might be out in a hybrid sale, what's your take on sort of the blockbuster mania that's overtaking the Yankees airspace a little bit over the last couple of days? Yeah, uh, it's. I think it's mostly delusion. Um, Most, any, mostly, yeah, yeah, mostly delusion. Um, I think Jeter mentioning that holds weight because he's an analyst. He's looking around the league, and he's sitting there, probably understanding what the Yankees are going through without Aaron Judge. And what's the logical decision? Decision you have a lot of prospects to trade. The Yankees have routinely emptied the top end of their farm system over the last couple of years to try and get better. And they've acquired middling talent at best at this point. Anthony Rizzo was their best acquisition probably. And now he's proven to be detrimental this year. Um, so why wouldn't you actually go for an impact player who would have the ability to stay here for another year when you also don't have outfielders? Um, it just also goes to show how sad this is because it should be it should be part of the Yankees agenda every year to go after players who are very good and players that fit a need. And even if they don't fit a need, just figure out where to put the best guy and they don't really do it. It's all these trades are perfectly manicured to minimize risk um, and to get some sort of puzzle piece that doesn't really fit into the main picture. So yeah, it's frustrating. It seems like I understand in the grand scheme of things, it's difficult to trade for Juan Soto, but for the Yankees, it's easier than most because you have the talent usually um, even if it doesn't pan out at the major league level, you know, as you watch it develop in your own system and you have the money. So um, I think Jeter mentioning that was nice and fun and uh, a little bit sad because it just, it just goes to show that the Yankees don't do what they should do. Um, as for Otani. Um, yeah, I, everybody should be in on Otani who can be in on Otani. Yeah. I think that I, I don't know if this makes pushes the Yankees over the edge. I, I really don't know. Um, it, uh, you know, he'll fill the gap with judge being out. And then when judge comes back, how much better does there? Hey, hey look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to reject a Shohei Otani trade, but like, of course, Buster only is going to report that the Yankees are in a precarious situation. They're out of the wild card race. They need to get better. They there there are minimum. There's not that much talent out there at the moment. As we, as we wait for these next two weeks to unfold, that would actually put them over the edge. And even if Aaron Judge returns, do you trust this team to outperform their expectations after what we just saw in the first half? I think most people probably wouldn't, um, especially because you have to realize that Judge probably is not going to be 100 percent when he returns. Um, so I think it is fodder. 
Uh, it's all part of the conversation. The Yankees should always be in a conversation about the best players to trade for at any point in time. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if I'm optimistic about that happening. When was the last time they did? They made a blockbuster trade at the deadline, like a blockbuster, an actual blockbuster. Joey Gallo is not a blockbuster. No. I don't. I don't really care when anybody says Anthony Rizzo was a cool shocker, but he was already kind of like past his prime. I don't mm-hmm. know if you know that's that considers to be blockbuster. Um, the 2017 deadline was cool, but I wouldn't consider that a blockbuster. Todd Frazier, Tommy Canley. Dave, Just a large, it was a large yeah. trade. David large Robinson. trade. Uh, I mean, do that again. That was great. Yeah. That, that was like Brian Cashman's best work. I think a lot really? of the, a lot of the evaluations of Brian Cashman that are just like loser, loser, big loser. Like, I, I mean, we're as on board with roasting Brian Cashman for his recent failures as anybody, but it's not like he was an abject failure from 98 to present. Like 2017 had a great team, made a Huge trade with the White Sox. Get three pieces to supplement them. They don't make that playoff run without those three guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, tries to get Justin Verlander and Hal Steinbrenner says too expensive, but he doesn't do it. Like I think 2017 is Cashman's best work since then. Not so great. Yeah, and I think like at this point we're a cut. Like we referred to we as the Yankees community referred to the Josh Donaldson IKF deal as a blockbuster. Yeah, that was not that was it was a blockbuster in terms of name recognition and a bunch of DFAable guys yeah. having their last hurrah. Exactly. <laughs> so when again, outside of the Stanton trade was not a deadline trade. I can't remember off the top of my head the last time the Yankees did something like absolutely mind blowing at the deadline. And look, I understand it's hard to do. Not many teams do it. Um, but the Padres have figured out a way to do it for what three years running now. So maybe the Yankees should get in on the action after fifteen. Um, that's just me. So uh, in terms of, but look, that's one side of the coin. That's assuming the Yankees are keeping pace over these next two weeks, right? Um, they do have a semi-favorable schedule. We talked about that last episode, um, but I don't know if we would necessarily trust them to get the job done after what they already do. had a favorable schedule too yeah. before the break. And they went like six and seven in 13 games yep. against 500 or worse teams. Yeah. So, so it's either one of two things. Actually, no, it's one of three things. And that's why this makes it so frustrating because there's no fucking roadmap. It's you have the hybrid retool, which I think is probably the safest option, assuming you don't know what the situation with Judge is going to be. You have the worst case scenario where you either suck ass for the next two weeks or judges Judge undergoes surgery and he's out for the season and you sell as much as you can, bring up as many guys as you can, start getting people acclimated for 2024, or... You surprise over the next 10 days, judges, you get a timetable on judge in the next two weeks. He's back shortly after the deadline and you do something crazy like a Soto or an Otani if they become available, or you just buy some other ancillary pieces that could, you know, close the gap on the margins around the rest of the roster. So um, I don't, my gut instinct right now is Aaron judge is either not coming back or he's going to be come back in a compromised fashion. And there is no sense if this organization does not believe in this roster to get the job done in 2023, that they should even consider bringing back 25% of these guys in 2024. So I'm rooting for, I'm not rooting for this. My gut is telling me that if we run into a worst case scenario where it's bad over the next week or two, or Aaron judges injury timeline gets even more nebulous, then they got a, they got a clean house with, expiring you know talent uh expiring contracts that have value um and try to attach prospects to other contracts that are weighing them down that are going to prevent them from spending again not weighing them actually weighing them down weighing them down based on their own organizational restrictions yeah um and the teams that are actually open for business right now i mean angelo in the comments bringing st louis up the white Mm -hmm. Sox certainly are um the, the thing with the cardinals that's tough is uh, combine the market forces with who the Cardinals have to offer, who are they actually selling? Uh, Aaron Otto, you know, you can't close the door, but I don't think he's available. No. Uh, Lars Newbar, sure, he's like a fourth outfielder, maybe fifth outfielder. I think that's one of those where you get him and then he gets to the team and you're like, this is him? Okay. <laughs> uh, Brendan Donovan I like, but I don't think the Cardinals are going to sell him. Same with Dolan Gorman. I want him. They're going to trade Jordan Montgomery. 
They're going to trade Jordan Montgomery, who we deemed not a playoff starter last year. And he's going to cost a top 100 prospect from somebody. Brian Cashman's not doing that. Nope. Peraza for Jordan Peraza for two months of Jordan Montgomery. No. And uh, they're going to trade Jordan Hicks from the bullpen, who's also going to obtain a top 100 prospect. What about Gallegos? Yeah, they'll probably trade Gallegos. They'll probably trade anyone in the bullpen who's not nailed down. I don't think they're going to get what they want for Arenado, who wants to stay. And then I don't really know why you trade these like four war young players. It's like the only thing yeah. that's good in St. Louis right now. So it depends how open for business they are. Um, the, the number one Yankee whose fate I think could be sealed either way. Like if it's not the summer, it's the fall for Glaber Torres. Um, and, and Max Goodman picked this up uh, again during the break, sort of just loosely connecting him to a couple of teams saying, you know, the Mets need a second baseman. The Mariners got Colton Wong this offseason. That took them out of a Torres trade. Yeah. But Colton Wong has been one of the worst regulars in baseball. He has like a 33 OPS plus. So they're still in that, you know, they're at 500. They're still in need. The Brewers think they're going to buy instead of sell, and they should. Uh, Fangraph's playoff percentages still has them as the favorite in the NL Central. They're a game behind the Reds. Them selling would be demoralizing. Probably shouldn't happen. And the Blue Jays need a second baseman, but uh, the Yankees are not trading Torres there. So keep the Mariners and Brewers in mind and, and Hal Steinbrenner and Steve Cohen have this weird handshake. So maybe the Mets yeah. could be involved. But the number one thing that I'm I'm growing most tired of is this narrative that like, People put the other Yankees batting averages like DJ doing this, Rizzo doing this, but Glaber's the problem. Not the problem, but if he's an indispensable offensive piece with his 105 OPS plus, then that's a problem. Yeah. Yankees lineup needs to be better. You you can two things could be true. The Yankees trade Glaber Torres at this year's deadline. They're trading one of their best hitters right now. Two, Glaber Torres in 2023 should not be anywhere close to a team's best hitter. He Correct. is right now. He shouldn't be. That's an issue. So if Glaber Torres is one of your best hitters, you can't rule out trading him because you're far away from being a competitive lineup. Yeah. Um, and add in the mental errors and, and the recent issues on the base paths and the field. I have no issue trading Glaber Torres. You're not going to get much of a return. Um, said it all along, probably on 10 straight podcasts. <laughs> I'm not racing to the finish line to trade him, but the moment he leaves the Yankees, I'll be like, thank you. Goodbye. Like I've seen all I need to see from Glaber Torres. Uh, occasional home run is nice. Slightly above average offensive production. Great. He should be my eighth best hitter and he's my second or third. No, thanks. Yeah. Um, I think another team to look out for here, which is actually reasonable and would help out both sides is the Dodgers. They just optioned Miguel Vargas. Yeah. Obviously, they have Mookie Betts playing the infield, which has helped him offensively. Um, and they have a decent cast of outfielders that are able to perform um, if he's able if he has to absorb more infield reps. But I think the Do- like that's the perfect. The Dodgers have what a top three offense in the league at putting Glaber seventh in that lineup makes yeah. that team how much better. Like that's yeah. where at this point, if Glaber Torres is not reaching his 2018, 2019 levels, his best fit is on a top offense in the league towards the bottom of the lineup. He is, should not be batting, you know, fifth for the Yankees. He shouldn't be batting lead off for the Yankees. Um, he simply is just good enough to be an everyday starter and be regarded as an asset, but he is certainly not indispensable. And he's not someone who's untouchable, especially at this point. And look like, the Yankees have dangled him in trade talks now for a decent amount of time. And they have belief that their middle infield prospects coming up the pipeline, you know, you all want to see Oswald Peraza. You know how that's going to happen, folks, is if Glaber Torres is not here. That's yeah. the only way it's going to happen. So I don't know. And look, it's funny because I don't know if anybody on the Yankees necessarily has anything to prove before the deadline. I think they've all had enough run. I don't think anybody is necessarily going to be saved by a good performance before the deadline. I think actually a good performance before the deadline gives the Yankees more of a reason to sell somebody if they don't feel like they're in a position to get to where they need to be. Um, you know who I'm looking at? I'm looking at Clay Holmes. He's got one year. I love Clay Holmes, but yeah. he's got one year left. Year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry. He's yeah. He signed through 2024. That arbitration cost is going to, run the Yankees probably five something, you know, between five and six million yes next year. The IKF money. <laughs> yeah. He's in his age 30 season. 
They're not going to extend him. I really doubt they're going to extend. They're not going to, you know, pay. They've learned the lesson now of paying the premium on relievers. They did it with Chapman, who sucked for the last part of the extension. They did it with Britton, who was absolutely worthless for his most of his contract. Um, so I'm looking at Clay Holmes to get value. I think Wani Prault is another great one. Obviously, he's an expiring contract. You brought that up. Um, and IKF. I mean, these are guys that they can unload a, a few million dollars. They can get decent value for the relievers and they can just like shed 3 million of IKF's money and another team can use him as a utility player. Like maybe Dodgers, another landing spot for him. He can, now he's proven he could play outfield. Like that can help uh, Dave Roberts with the lineup flexibility when he wants to give somebody a night off. Like, I don't know. Um, I did have a crazy thought that there would be consideration for Anthony Rizzo, but then again, I don't know who's taking that money in this no. and, with and the what's the going. alternative like when, when yeah. the alternative was freddie freeman big bowers like, yeah big bad jake he can't hurt your shoulder diving headlong <laughs> in, in the outfield if you're playing first yeah, yeah. um i mean i'm I, I looked at michael king briefly people got mad when i mentioned that in the article but like the Yankees print bullpen arms, and that's all you got. That's all you guys talk about. The one thing that every that the the one thing that Cashman is cash god with is relievers. He finds relievers who are under club control for five years, who had a five point seven ERA the year before, and then all of a sudden they're starting twirling low threes, high twos. So if you don't have confidence in the Yankees to sell their best bullpen assets right now, that only have uh, either the rest of this season or next year, and maybe. 2025 under their belt to to remain with the team then do you have any confidence in this team to rebuild anything the only thing you're going to get assets for is that unless you are trading your best players and they're not trading garrett cole and aaron judge so um i think that's the only way that they can truly recoup value and do like a, a an actual retool and then at the same time like you have guys coming back next year like lou trevino will be back next year scott efros will be back next year um, Jonathan Lewisigo will be back next year or maybe at the end of this season. So bodies will be coming back. So it's not like you're, you're, it's not like you're losing again. Indis- is Clay Holmes indispensable to you? Is Michael King indispensable to you? I think like maybe on some level, but at the end of the day, like you can survive three months time without those guys. If you, if, if you're the Yankees and you, you figure out a way to, to, uh, bridge the gap and fill those voids appropriately. And they've proven to do that year after year. My only counter is that losing King was the most indispensable piece of last. Season. That is true. That said last season was a championship contender. So yes. we saw Yep. this season. I don't have any aspirations. Exactly. Um, I'm a believer in next season. I, I, I want to be on record saying, I think the Yankees win the world series next season. Why okay. do I think that? Um, I'm really not terribly sure. It's just sort of a zag. I've been saying it all year though. Ever since they promoted Volpe, to start the season, I've said this year is not the year. Next year is the year. Year Indeed. two of Volpe's time in the major leagues, onerous contracts off the books. No Josh Donaldson. They found a way to get rid of Aaron Hicks. No Luis Severino next year either. Um, plenty of time to suss that out. Year two, Carlos Redon makes some moves in free agency with the $40 million you saved this year getting rid of Severino, Donaldson, IKF, who I've enjoyed but is probably not coming back next year. Nope. If he does, I don't think he's getting much of a raise. No. They're going to have to pay Harrison Bader some of that money, probably. But if not, that's even more money coming off the books. Um, I'm a I'm a fan of the prospects at the upper levels. For some reason, I'm I'm an idiot. I kind of think the Yankees are going to contend for our World Series next year, um, but not this year. And I'm not going to think this year until I see the end of. The, I mean, the the things standing in their way are Giancarlo Stanton becoming a stiff, DJ LeMahieu being one of the worst players in baseball, and Anthony Rizzo's neck injury. So uh, those were things I did not foresee necessarily. I thought all of those players would be average at worst next year. And if they're going to be well below average, that'll change my tune a little bit. But that's been my prevailing thought. Uh, in the bullpen conversation, you got to look at Wandy Peralta. Yeah, 100%. Who, um, I think could easily be a lot of people this offseason had Nestor Cortez as the Yankees shocking departure. Like, oh, you can't trade Nestor after the all-star season he just had. But the Yankees are that ruthless team that kind of looks and is like, is that the best he's ever going to be? Probably. Yep. So why wouldn't we deal him for X? And, and you would look at the return and go, it would feel like the Jordan Montgomery trade. You'd be like that guy. And then a couple of months later, you might be much more satisfied. Mm-hmm. Wandy Peralta is this summer's version of that guy to me. Um, ultimately, they held on to Cortez. He hurt his shoulder and he's on the 60-day IL now coming back in 
a month at best. I think it's August 9th is the return date. Uh, Wandy, solid season. The walks are way up. Mm-hmm. Third percentile in walk percentage, expected ERA and expected X Woba in the 19th percentile, batting average in the 29th percentile. Very ice cold in terms of strikeouts. Yep. Whip is at 1.31. I mean, that's in line with his career total of 137. Uh, but last year, his expected ERA was 266. This year at the break, it's 494. Yeah. FIP X, right there, too. Yeah. X Wobicon 350. Like the Yankees should be very happy they got through the first half with Wandy Peralta not causing a lot of damage, although you and I have complained about him a fair deal in this yeah. first half more than we wanted to. But that's the the guy to me where even if they don't fall off over the next couple of weeks, they might just sort of say, Hey, we love it. We love the pitch in every game of the DS last year. We loved your season. That's as good as it's going to get, especially if Jonathan Loisega is technically on the comeback trail. Mm-hmm. And if Ian Hamilton can look a little more like himself this next couple of weeks, I also just like, look, I don't want to say they're not going to trade Ron Marinaccio, but might send him down. Something wrong with that guy right now. Something's happening. Yeah. Um, and again, these are the at like the losing one. I love Wani Peralta. His his half a year after coming over from the Giant was it a half a year? It was something like that. They traded Talkman in what May or something. Yeah, that, that was year. early. Yeah, he had a he had a good year that year. Last year he was great, but like now he's hitting free agency. Next year's his age thirty two season. The Yankees that the Yankees are not paying for that. They're just they're not doing it. They have no, all these turns, other commitments. He turns 32 in two weeks. Yeah. Like he's, he's there already. Yeah. So uh, th- these are the pieces you have to get value for. And the demand for these players, even though Wani Peralta is not having a great year, the demand for a left-hander, the demand for a left-hander with the track record that he's had largely over the past two years is going to carry value. And then, like you just said, you look at the bullpen, Loisig is coming back. You would think he threw a bullpen session or he threw off the mound for the first time, like could be another six weeks, but like he'll be back. They'll have a Clark body Schmidt. to fill there. Clark Schmidt is in the bullpen. Clark right Schmidt now. is in the bullpen. Um, uh, Tommy Canely has come on huge. I think now that they can like use him kind of without worrying about his, his injuries, he's kind of been Aaron Boone's kind of unleashed him. So he'll take on a larger role. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Ron Marinaccio, but I mean, at that point, like, oh, Jimmy Cordero, our friend, he's playing. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Yeah, Sorry, no, he dude. thanks, buddy. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, they will. These are not these are not pieces that you'll trade and then be punching yourself the next day over. These are pieces that you'll trade. You'll be able to replace in due time, whether it's in two weeks, whether it's in two months, whether it's by the beginning of next season, and you'll probably be better off for it. Is Wandy Peralta? Uh, or Wandy Peralta and say again, Glaber Torres, I think a great point. Are those two the next, you know, is that the first line of defense for us to get to the World Series? Absolutely not. And if you think that that's the case, then um, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll, we, we could talk about it nicely with you, but I don't think that if those two players, in your opinion, happen to be the make or break for this team to make a run in October. Mm-hmm. then you're in a really bad spot or you, and if you think that you're just you're just wrong because the amount of other players who are underperforming that have allowed you know someone like labor to be magnified as much as he is that's the real problem yeah and, and in terms of like i don't know if, if he gets traded it has to be to an nl team can i imagine being traded to seattle and seattle beats out the yankees for a playoff spot like I take my chances. I yeah, I take yes, I, I take my chances. I take my chances there. I, I don't know, and and also like honestly, if Seattle beats the Yankees out for a playoff spot, I'm gonna tip my cap. I'll be like, nice. That means the Blue Jays aren't in the playoffs. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, great. That means the Orioles are out. Like I'll, I'll be like, cool. Good job. Good vibes, Seattle. We have a new promo for Bet Three Six Five users. All you have to do is deposit ten dollars, place a one dollar wager on any sport. That Ooh. promo is YGY betting. You help out the podcast when you do that. You will instantly receive $200 added to your account in bonus bets as soon as you place that $1 wager, whether you win or lose. All you have to do is use the code YGYBetting at sign up. Um, really appreciate everybody who gets that done. You're helping the podcast. Uh, just make sure to uh, you know adhere to all those things. Be uh, 21 plus, physically present in most legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the <laughs> description for the full terms of the offer. 
Um, Physically Sean present, you cannot apparate to a gambling state. And then well, back. you can apparate, but you can't place the bet until you are in the gambling state. Yeah. Don't place it while your matter is in two states at the same time. <laughs> and I hope I don't have to tell you that a second time. I hope that all of you know that. And that's obvious. And that's obvious. But yeah. in case you didn't know that. Then. <laughs> What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's next? Should we, I mean, talk Sean Casey. He's here. He's spectacular. I love Sean Casey. My favorite um, guy. I, I think I love Sean Casey now. Like, I, I don't know if he's a great hitting coach. Right? Don't care. No, but I don't care. Like, I don't care at all. Um... I hope he's a great hitting coach, but even Sean Casey yesterday was kind of like, um, you know, I don't expect to come in like a house of fire and wake up this team immediately. And they go on a Sean Casey run smart. Shouldn't be expecting that, but he wants to hit the ground running. He's only got two months to both do this and decide whether he wants to do this long-term. Um, it's the motivational factor cannot be uh, understated. It's like having Nick Swisher in there. Um, he seems to be willing to pair analytics with his current old school mentality. Uh, he talked about how on MLB network, he's constantly learning. He also very helpfully said that he had access to information as a player. He would go and read, you know, advanced scouting reports like crazy. He would go into the tunnel and watch his at bats. It's not like analytics is some new thing. thing. It's also not like Sean Casey played in 1942. He was in the 2000s post the publication of Moneyball. He was in Major League Baseball. So it's not like he is in a whole new world now. Obviously, there's more information at his disposal. He's going to have to be sure not to accidentally trip into the video room and give hitters a live tip illegally, uh, like Red Sox video coordinator JT Watkins. Can't be doing that. Um, But he does. He has some stuff to learn, but he has more experience than you probably think. And he mentioned tension in the offense yesterday. He said he talked to a bunch of the guys already. Rizzo got a head start. Didn't mention talking to LeMahieu. Or Stanton, so it's kind of like talk to talk to some guys, found some tension, but I noticed the guys that he didn't talk to, and I also wonder what tension means, like tension between the players in the lineup, tension with the approach, probably that second one, but I don't know. He Be just quiet. walks in, he's like, "Booney, these guys aren't getting laid." There's a ton of tension in this locker room. He gets he gets on the he gets on the Zoom. He's like, I can just tell that these guys are in the middle of crazy dry spells, man. <laughs> Brian Hope is like, uh, okay, yeah. Um, picture this: someone who can speak. That's who Sean Casey is. Someone who can give you. Picture this: somebody Lights who up, smash cut to somebody who can talk. Yeah, Aaron so Boom. Like, Aaron Boom was on Talking Yanks the other day. And I pulled the quote because it just cracked me up because he just doesn't know, like he just doesn't know what he's saying at any point. And um, John Boy was asking him about uh, the potential of Dylan Lawson being the scapegoat, right? Because we had talked about that so much with the revelation of the Anthony Volpe story, Um, uh, the chicken parm thing. Mm. Um, And he was like, well, you know, John Boy was like, wouldn't it have been great like if one of the assistants found this out and like word didn't get out that it was a teammate who helped him do this? And Boone's response was that, you know, that's not entirely accurate. His quote was oftentimes teammates influence each other all of the time. So it was like a uh, it was like, what's his name from Anchorman um, when he says 60 percent of the time it works every time. Yeah. So oftentimes teammates influence influence each other all of the time. Okay, Okay. um, great. And then Sean Casey comes in. He's already revealing there is some sort of tension. Um, He's already being candid about the situation he's being placed in. He's coming over from MLB Network. He's on the hook for a half season with the Yankees. 
Um, and he is articulating that there is a lot of work to get done and that he's going to do his absolute best to try and turn the ship around. Um, but the, the animation in his voice and his just demeanor, I think is refreshing. The fact that he's already, I mean, is this a problem for the Yankees that he's already being more candid than anybody has been in the last five years? Like, is he getting fired tomorrow? Yeah. I feel like he's like he's like a more uh, he's like a more front facing version of what Phil Nevin is like if Phil Nevin was manager of this team like that would be a disaster for the Yankees. But it would kind of be cool for us because I think we'd have a lot of shit to talk about. Um, Whereas Boone is just safeguarding every bit of information, whether that's like whether they're telling him to do that or not. I feel like it's just his nature to not be to not to not be disclosing information that he doesn't feel comfortable with. Um, or he feels like, oh man, someone might get mad if I say this, so I'm not going to say it. Um, but yeah, Sean Casey already coming in here, already telling us, you know, and then the biggest indicator of all this in terms of how Dylan Lawson was not a fit and perhaps how, uh, Marcus, Marcus, uh, Marcus Thames was not a fit was that he was saying, you know, Casey's already in the room. He's already connecting with people and his ability to connect with people is actually incredible. And it's like, yeah, man, don't you need an assistant coach who is especially working with the – like, obviously, yes, Sean Casey does not theoretically need to work with Aaron Judge or Giancarlo Stanton or Anthony Rizzo, but he does need to work with the up-and-coming players who there is a serious, you know, generational gap there. Even with Dylan – Dylan Lawson's 38 years old. Anthony Volpe's 22. That's what happened to Oswaldo Cabrera? Yeah. Like, get in there. Exactly. So the fact that Sean Casey is – already bridging these gaps and where we're essentially admitting at this point by saying that, that there was no, that there was poor interpersonal relationships between perhaps the assistants and the players, which has gotten us to this point. And then Casey revealing that there was tension. We don't know what the context of the tension was, but you can imagine that there's tension with frustration with the performance and the consistency and um, all of the frustrations that go in with that. So I think that the Aaron Boone talking about this for five minutes told me everything I needed to know. And then Sean Casey's maniacal, you know, interview with the media, which I loved every second of told me everything I needed to know. Yeah. Um, connect with these players. Like my God, do it. Like a hitting coach does not do all that much. That's why we were talking about what's a scapegoat. Is this a scapegoat? Because Dylan Lawson can't tell Anthony Rizzo, Hey man, fucking fix it and like there it goes <laughs> but what can a hitting coach actually do connect with players make them feel heard figure out and occasionally cure mechanical ills some of these people have anthony Volpe had one like some of these people have mechanical problems some of these people are young enough that they don't know how to fight through slumps dj lemay he was probably compromised at this point in time yeah but anthony Volpe is not oswaldo cabrera was the injection of life into this team in the second half of last season and is now unplayable he's the worst offensive player in baseball fix that and if sean casey is able to connect to two or three people and turn their seasons around while fostering camaraderie in the rest of the locker room and relieving this tension and potentially getting these players laid then we could be in a great position um brett boone you may know the name Brett Boone because it's the same name as Aaron Boone, who is the manager of the Yankees. Brett Boone. One T, too. Brett Boone with one T. One of the premier forgotten steroid abusers in Major League Baseball. Um, <laughs> Brady Anderson will always be the number one. Uh, his 50 home run season in 1996 was very funny. Brett Boone went from the Reds, uh, 12 homers, 12 homers, 15, 12, 7 in a 139-game season, 24-98 All-Star, 29-year-old, doubling his home run production, 2019, 2001 in Seattle, 37 bombs and 141 RBI. Okay. Not, not really relevant, but just kind of like a fun thing to laugh at. Remember Marcus Giles' arms, too? Um, that's another one where I'm just like, who the – how how did you do that? He was just one big muscle. It was yeah, like I mean, six. And, and it was funny at the time. We were like, "Man, how did that happen?" And now it's like, I mean, we all—I mean, we know how it happened. It's kind of crazy it. that it's kind of crazy that it did. Brian Giles too, obviously the Giles brothers uh, sharing supplements with each other, but that's not <laughs> important. Uh, I don't know if the Boone brothers did that too. But Brett Boone is Aaron's brother, 
and uh, significantly better on air cadence. <laughs> we just talked to Aaron oh Boone on God. air. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, 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 you know that the, the guys who are in there are, are going to do. Hey, it's right out there in front of them. He did that Boone classic again the other day. He punched <laughs> the table last year when he said it. But on John Boy, he was like, "Hey, you 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 look at where we obviously give." I also laughed so hard. He, on John Boy, they go, how would you grade the first half? And he goes, I give it an incomplete. And John Boy is kind of like, mm. he's like, well, I mean, technically it is, it's complete. So you can't, I mean, it is over. So you can't grade it incomplete. <laughs> how did you possibly come up with the one wrong answer? For how you would grade the first half? It literally, the only thing it objectively is, is complete. It's over. I graded an incomplete. Give it an F, C, C, B, A. Unless you have to repeat the first, like income when you got an incomplete in school, it was like you're repeating this class. So you, yeah. you want to redo the first half, Aaron, and then we'll go, we'll pick up the second half over the winter. What, what, what do you want to do? Did you imagine repeating the first half of the season <laughs> again? Unbelievable, no interest. Um, but Brett, uh, much better cadence than his brother, gets on the air on on some interviewed on on Gelb, Steve Gelb's show, um, and. Sort of saying, uh, you know, I'm hearing, I'm hearing rumors that Aaron Judge can be back pretty soon. Uh, Zach Gelb, uh, okay. hearing rumors Aaron Judge can be back pretty soon. He says he won't reveal his sources. It's not his brother, of course it's not. There's no way Aaron Boone would leak to Brett Boone that Aaron Judge is coming back soon. I don't know who knows more than Aaron Boone. I don't know who Brett Boone could possibly be talking to. Who knows more information and is willing to share it than his own brother. That said, he believes Judge is returning right after the All-Star break. You and I are aligned, and we don't expect him back anytime soon. I'm giving him a month. You're kind of giving him the rest of the season. Um, I think he'll be back in August. I don't know what version of him we'll see, but I think he'll be back in August. Brett Boone thinks he'll be back tomorrow. Um, you meet in the middle here? Might be nice. Yeah, uh, Matt, Aaron Aaron calls him up. He's like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, get back on the radio and tell them that that's not true. <laughs> well, he specifically said, he's like, this is not from my brother. Yeah. But people but, hey, people in the Yankees organization are telling me, it's like, who is telling you? Other people in the org. Yeah, yeah Damon Oppenheimer is giving me a call and yeah. saying, I, I know you'd rather he's speaking Dylan to your Lawson brother. called him. <laughs> Dylan Lawson just throwing a grenade behind him as he leaves signing you know that wall under the stadium where all the Yankees have signed Dylan Lawson just signing it over everybody else <laughs> I uh, rubbing that off <laughs> I don't uh, yeah I don't look we've we've heard judge returning soon for a good while now a lot of people have said that over the course of probably the last three weeks um judge said it himself what two weeks, a little less than two weeks ago now on the Today Show. Yeah. Um, I uh, I think a lot of the doctors who have weighed in, we briefly talked about this last episode, like they've said it's going to be difficult to come back from like this year. They, they, they did rule out that it would be career altering, but um, given the uncertainty with everything because of the swelling and then the discovery of another ligament issue, yeah. um, and the whole, uh, weight on the front or the front or the back foot, it's his back foot, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Weight on the back foot, um, compromising the power, um, and just the flexion of the toe in general. Um, it seems to be a lot more complicated than we were led on to believe initially, um, which is why I've grown a lot more pessimistic over the last few weeks. Um, Brian Cashman actually addressed this rumor right now. Oh, what you said? You were speaking. Uh, said there's no timetable for that, and he has more steps to take, running the bases, rehab games, et cetera. Judge Correct. will be back at some point in the second half, uh, to which I say no shit. Um, yeah, but it was nice you. that Brett Boone said that. Yeah, classic, a classic Yankees response. He'll be back at some point in this very large time frame. Yeah. Or so, but also maybe not. But he won't be back if they – well, think about this. If they have to repeat the first half, he will be back for most of the first two months of that. So that could be nice. <laughs> where And where I where I will draw the line with Judge's situation too – first of all, this is not true. We, they're, they're, you don't know when he's going to be back. If the Yankees are still – if they were optimistic about Aaron Judge returning for all of the bad PR that the Yankees have committed over the last however many years – the first thing they would do when they had an optimistic timeline is they would tell you about that optimistic timeline. And they would yeah. say, Hey, you know what? Uh, big step. Like they tried to when Aaron Boone was like, Hey, Judgey took a big step. He's in the anti gravity pulley thingy and he's having a funny timey. 
And then two days later, they're like, actually, shit, uh, he has a torn ligament. So we fucked up two days ago, and now here we are. You haven't heard anything since then. No. It's been very – it's been all very guarded. So um, I think that they'll hold hold out hope if they can keep pace with the wild card and see where he stands in a month-ish. If they suck these next two weeks, he's not coming back. No, I think we could bet on that being the case. There is no sense because we've heard a multitude of times, right? Surgery is probably on the table at some point. It's going to happen. So why would they not do the surgery now if they fall seven games back of the wild card before the end of the month, which is possible? What are they, one out now or two out now? They're one out now. That's when you trade Gleyber Torres to the Mariners. When you're seven out, you go, I don't care. He goes wherever he goes. Yep. And Aaron Judge gets surgery in August, and then he's fucking fresh by November, and then you're ready to go for 2020. I don't want this to happen, by the way. I don't want no. this to happen. Well, I, everybody, come on. I mean, our listeners have to know that we're not rooting for an Aaron Judge season-ending no. surgery. I want him to be okay. I don't. I do not. Where I stand on this is, I am not compromising any sort of future ailment with Aaron Judge, whether it's only 2024, whether it's through 20, like whatever it is for a team that's treading water in 2023 there is there is there's not enough there's not enough optimism here based on what we've seen without him to suggest that rushing him back and maybe putting him on an expanded you know offseason injury timeline would be worth it that's it for me DJ LeMayhew risked it all last year. He played during a potential. Uh, he never had surgery for some reason, but he played the second half with a, a severely compromised uh, injury. And then remember when he didn't play the uh, wild card game at Fenway Park? Like, yeah, because of his abdomen yeah, or sports hernia. That, that is your abdomen, right? Yeah. I actually wonder if they'd have won that game if you'd have played. Well, time to not think about that ever again. I kind of <laughs> forgot that that happened. <laughs> Um, that was awful. <laughs> Yankees haven't beaten the Red Sox in a playoff series since 2003. Never forget it when Red Sox fans try to claim that you're still the big bad guys. Um, but I know you don't forget it. Um, all right. 27 championships, 27, but they're all yeah. bullshit. So fuck you. I mean, that's my number one. I will never stop saying this. I'll probably say this on every podcast. The Yankees, Yankees fans have never said 27 rings. It's been 20 years since we've said that, but let's pretend that we used to. Used to say 27 rings, Red Sox fans would be like, both of those were pre-integration. You weren't even alive for those. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and then when Yankee fans are like, man, the baseball I'm watching sucks. Red Sox fans are the first to go, you have 27 rings. You want more? So what is it? Am I supposed to be bragging about titles I didn't see? Or should I be expecting bad baseball now because my grandfather watched a bunch of titles in the 40s? Like, <laughs> tell me. Let me know. Like, genuinely, I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. What you want is for me to go away. That's what you want. But uh, nothing you're saying, you're a complete logical fallacy. Um, not to be logical fallacy guy, but come on. Um, <laughs> Yankees uh, have sold us some sleeve patches. Yeah. Made $25 million for next year, putting star insurance on their sleeves. Um, what is star of, insurance? Never heard of star insurance until yesterday. Neither have I. Going to be perfectly they have mob money, bro. If they're 190 million bucks, my dad told me. I think he said uh, he, he's a he's a insurance guy. He's in the mob, kind of. He's in the mob for sure. <laughs> and, and if I was going to say that, I would definitely say it on a podcast. <laughs> um, he said uh, Star Insurance is Maurice Greenberg, who used to run AIG. So there you go. Wow. Um, I know AIG. I do. Know, yeah. Don't know Star Insurance. Um, but uh, cool. Um, in terms of obtrusiveness on the patch, three out of ten. It's just like a small blue, sure, you know, rectangle. Can't really get mad at that. Um, does it look interesting? No, it's a little box that says Star Insurance. People hate the Braves quick greet ones. I like those. The gold brick, the big gold brick that says Quick Greet. Those, for whatever reason, and obviously I'm a fool of all fools, those have, to me, become part of the Braves uniform. I'm like, oh, that cool gold brick. That's cool. The rest of them don't really affect me in any way. And uh, on uh, the uh, Yankees one, looks like it won't affect me in any way either. It's extremely dull. Um, the, the problem is they're making a lot of money from it. They're making 20 to $25 million next year. That's enough to sign a really top-tier baseball player. And yet they're probably just going to be like, thanks for the profit. Yeah. I wanted something cool. Like, 
Yeah, I wanted Johnny Walker, but then somebody very helpfully was like, it's not going to be an alcohol brand. And then it's like, well, then what other products are there? Apparently insurance. <laughs> yeah, I mean, insurance is worse than alcohol. <laughs> you know, Flaming like for society, Flaming for society, Flaming. insurance is way worse than alcohol. But the way AIG is worse than alcohol for society. So, yeah, yeah I, I agree. <laughs> uh, Jersey Mike's Jersey Mike doesn't have 200 million in cash lying under his bed right now. What about quick read? What about quick read? Um, I don't know. What about uh, it would be great if, if there was another Jersey Mike's ad where the guy gets on straight to camera and is like, my high school football coach came back into my life to lend me another $195 million in order to get the Yankees jersey patch. I'm very thankful that he keeps showing up as an angel investor at crucial moments during my career. Our relationship isn't weird. Then the ad ends. are like, why did he say his relationship wasn't weird? <laughs> he didn't have to say that. I assumed it wasn't weird. But once he said that, I'm kind of like, is it weird? <laughs> uh, Juice Generation they don't have they don't have a couple hundo mil I love Juice Generation Feel what's like a New York a- brand what's an iconic New York brand Sterling Cooper Draper Price um, <laughs> Hugo Boss New York or Nowhere like Rag and Bone Michael Kors uh, Michael Kors yeah um, like oh I'm outing myself as a big loser but the Supreme the, the red stickers be cool. I don't know. Dolce and Gabbana is that New York? That's probably like France. Bravo, no, Italy. Yeah, Bravo Company. The Bravo logo on the sleeve. Yeah, mm. Dolce and Gabbana. That's a, that's a bunch of a fashionista. I am. I'm like, is Coco Chanel from New York? <laughs> Idiot. Uh, yeah, I just wanted some like insurance. Like th- this is classic Yankees, an insurance company that you've never heard of with yeah. money. With money, they'll never unfold. Just dropping two hundred mil. For this deal, 190 mil for this deal. Um, it better pay for fucking something. Cause did somebody ask Hal Steinbrenner about it? Like instead of just reading the press release and looking at Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge with the patches, can somebody be like, what are you gonna use this new revenue stream for? That's pretty impressive. That came out of nowhere. All everybody's doing it, but like uh, I don't know, presumably other teams are using it for something. The Padres are gonna use it to add 40 million to their Otani offer. Like, you guys gonna do anything with this or no? And and they'll get an answer that's like You'll get one of two answers. You'll either get fans want the stars, which is like, okay. Cool. Or you'll get the, you know, hey, people don't know how hard it is running a business. Baseball is a tough game. Baseball is a difficult game. The pandemic took a lot of money out of us. We won't act like we made out great during the pandemic. We obviously didn't. We took the biggest loss of anything. (laughs) I, yeah, I don't, this is just so boring. But Chase, that might have been fun. But the weird circle, the tic-tac-toe board. Yeah, weird. I don't know. I really don't know. I just wish it was something cool. Budweiser. Delta Airlines. Budweiser. Don't they, no beers. Well, you can't do alcohol? I don't think you can do alcohol on these. I think it's got to be a non-controversial product that's just like a thing that exists. Like, you can't show preference. It's like quick creep. Like, what's the competitor of QuickCrete? Like, Star I mean, Insurance. Mom and Bob like, Construction Company? I don't know. Yeah. Star Insurance. I've never heard of you. There are obviously plenty of insurance companies competing with each other, but it's nebulous. It's WB Mason. Of, WB Mason would be great. Yeah. Mustache guy on the side of the jersey. That would be iconic. Have the WB Mason guy shaving the rest of his beard on the sleeve of the jersey. They don't that? have that kind of cash, WB Mason. No, I well also WB Mason guy is a trader. If you go to Boston, you'll see trucks with him and the Red yeah. Sox logo. Yep. He's the Benedict Arnold of baseball, as they say. Yes. No, and it doesn't take much time to find a Boston-based WB Mason truck. Believe me, he doesn't care about you. <laughs> <laughs> Who but WB Mason? Literally anybody else. Anybody else, Mr. Star from Star <laughs> Insurance, my new king. Dippin' dots. That's I think the Yankees would get roasted if they put dipping nuts on there. Like the Mets put New York Presbyterian Hospital and everyone's like, oh, hospital. But then it was a seven foot long patch and it was in Philly's colors. And everybody's like, never mind. They messed it up. Like we would get laughed at if we had the, the doopy rainbow dipping dots on the sleeve. Uh, well, you know, they got their money. Hopefully they use it. It was inevitable. This is probably going to happen, right? I know the yeah. City Connect jersey, you know, they're they're not going to go off the cuff. They're not going to go with a cool advertiser. They're no, not it's on do- the cuff. Oh, yeah, it truly is on the cuff. Yeah, shit. I got got. You got um, got. Yeah, they're, they weren't going to go anything colorful. I think we knew that. They weren't going to go anything, you know, 
semi-controversial i guess now that we're learning alcohol can't i don't know what would be the border maybe like a vape shop like a classic bodega vape shop <laughs> or like the new like cure leaf the 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 weed place in in new york that kind of opened up shop a little bit after yeah. uh after it became legal but Me yeah i mean we knew it was our old office yeah um and yeah i'm just you know what i'm thinking about now with this extra money is like just dfa somebody i know the money doesn't kick in until next year but DFA somebody now also makes me think about not signing Freddie Freeman, which pisses me off. I don't know if that was possible, but feel like it probably could have been. Um, you look at Bryce Harper's AAV, 25, 26 million, and you're just like, why didn't we fucking do that either? Um, a lot of frustrating stuff that now this is bringing into my brain. Yeah. Well, let's stop being frustrated. Let's just think about the positive future. Yes, Network could have done it, but then I guess that would have been cannibalizing. And we've got Star Insurance. We love them. Uh, shout out to Star Insurance, the new sponsor of my beloved, your beloved New York Yankees. We appreciate everybody joining for this episode on the sanctity of the uniform being compromised forever and ever. Amen. Do a City Connect now, too. If you're going to do this, just, just do it all. Um, the Yankees were pursuing a City Connect hard a couple years ago, we heard, and then they stopped. Come on. Pursue it. They're fun. Um, I feel or like they could do something with graffiti. Like, wouldn't that be sick? Do something with graffiti. Do the Statue of Liberty. Do the Empire State Building. Do something boring. Do dark blue with light pinstripes. Like, do anything. Subway car. I really like the road spring training jerseys from like a decade ago that were blue with a silver New York across the front. Oh, yeah, that was nice. Uh, let's wear those. I guess we still wear those in spring training. Let's wear those during a game. Could be nice on the road i like nice stuff your city connect jerseys are not supposed to be road craze but you know what that's why i'm always i'm thinking uh thinking around the bend um i've always got strange ideas (laughs) uh but we'll see everybody again on monday this is another great edition of the yanks go yard podcast again bet 365 the promo is ygy betting right there in the corner uh we're getting ever closer to the trade deadline the yankees are not getting much closer to determining their fate but they do begin the second half in colorado tomorrow wow. so everybody monday to talk about it i'm adam weiner you can find me on twitter at adam weiner thomas carinante where can the people find you hey and everybody not, not your personal email which is where they keep finding they do find me there you guys are doing a great job of finding me there i got a lot of compliments recently so that's nice to see um usually it's like you're a dumbass some guy found me on instagram um and uh said that we should never trade michael king and he was shocked that i was a baseball fan and i was like okay all right but i am a baseball fan i'm just thinking stunned. Well, he's stunned he's stunned um but yeah shout out to all the folks uh who gave me some positive emails some of you guys like my content which is nice nice to hear every so often but yep you can find me at tommy's underscore takes you can find us at the official yanks go yard twitter account at yanks go yard fs all that content that you're reading and harassing me via my email for um is at yanks we got plenty more coming for you weekend is already stacked out we got a lot of good stuff for you guys to read um, we're going to have a lot of differing uh, perspectives and takes over the next couple weeks as the trade deadline continues to come into focus. So please head on over to the site, hit us up on Twitter, come on in the chat during the podcast. We appreciate you guys reading and listening. Um, enjoy your weekend. Uh, I mean, just beat the fucking Rockies and we'll talk to you on Monday. Yep. Yep. That's it. The worst is when they find you on Instagram because you're genuinely like, I'm going to block you. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty weird that you did this, but I, I'm going to block you. The Blue Jays, I actually had, this is actually important, and I hope this doctor does not try to get back in touch with me. I had, a, I opened my, you ever get the uh, request folder on Instagram yeah. where you're like, oh boy, this is about to be super weird. I opened it up and it was a doctor telling me that Aaron Judge uh, has a career-threatening injury and anyone who does not agree with that is an ostrich with their head in the sand. He asked me to accept this message. I didn't. He gave me his number. Uh, great. I didn't. And then you can see on the screen here, missed calls in Instagram. What is that? One, two, three. Audio, audio, video, audio. Four in a row. Um, if you do want to get in touch with me, leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Tweet at me. Maybe Instagram follow and comment if you really want to. Do not call me on no. Instagram four times in two minutes. Um Remember that baseball prospectus writer yelling at me about the perils of public life? Yes. This is what I think he meant. Uh, don't be, don't live your life in public. <laughs> if you don't want doctors who aren't your doctor Instagram video calling you four times in a minute uh, to talk about Aaron Judge. 
uh, doctors with 50 followers. I do hope that that issue gets settled out, though, but I will not be calling you back. Um, for Thomas Caronante, I'm Adam Weiner. We will see you again on Monday. Goodbye, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.